Matthew 5, 1 through 12, when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on the mountain. And after he sat down, his disciples came to him. He opened his mouth and began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the gentle, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward in heaven is great. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. <laughs> we'll get it. You can be seated. I do think that's an important affirmation um, that, that we don't often do in our tradition that, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of things that, that we don't do in our tradition that when I experience in other traditions, it, it, it's meaningful to me. And, and I think this affirmation that we're just not reading words from a page, we're just not reading from a book, but this is the word of the Lord. <laughs> and the people's response is, thanks be to God. Uh, aren't you thankful that God gives you his word? Uh, that God speaks through the pages of the Bible. And so, folks, we're, we're never, we never live in silence from God. We, we never live in a moment in our life where God is not speaking because all we need to do is pick up His Word. Uh, if you have a cell phone, lift your hand. Do you know there's an app called YouVersion that you can get literally every translation of the Bible? literally almost every translation of the Bible. You are never without God's Word. God is always speaking. Thanks be to God. And so this is a, a, a section of Scripture called the Beatitudes. We'll be working through this. And as we begin talking about this, who likes to cry? Anybody here likes to cry? A few of you do. A few, some of you admit, hey, it's fun sometimes just to cry. I, you know, I am married to a woman, and I know every once in a while, Terry just likes to cry because it feels good. Can I get an amen to that? That, that, that sometimes, you know, we, we, we like to cry. If we didn't like to cry, there would not be Hallmark Christmas movies, okay? We, we, we like to watch those movies. We like to feel those emotions. And before I just throw Hallmark's Christian, uh, Christmas movies under the bus, I will admit that I have watched Brian's song. Anybody ever watch Brian's song? Nobody knows what I'm talking about. Where Gail Sayers says, I love Brian Piccolo. <laughs> you know, we, we, we watch movies like that. We like, we like the emotions of those movies. So, so Disney can make a movie called Old Yeller. <laughs> That's reaching back. The dog doesn't make it, if you, if you don't know. Old Yeller doesn't make it. Spoiler alert. Say, well, I don't know what you're talking about, old yeller. Then we make Marley and Me. You know, dogs don't do good in those kind of movies, do they? <laughs> we, we all have this tendency. There, there, there is something, 
that's important about showing emotion and 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 crying is, is oftentimes a a good thing. Jesus says, "Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted." And 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 as we look at this, even as we think about the blessing of mourning, it still seems upside down. Even though we know that it's part of every emotional life that that all of us cry from time to time, all of us have these moments of tears and mourning. It still seems upside down. And as we've tracked through this, it's the Beatitudes are not upside down. Our world is upside down. And our perspective is upside down. That, that, that Jesus is not showing us an upside down attitude. He's showing us a right side up attitude. And, and we need to adjust our thinking to the way Jesus speaks and what Jesus is saying. And these Beatitudes represent attitudes which fully allow us to, or allow us to fully claim our place as God's obedient children. If you want to be an obedient child of God, it's important that you're poor in spirit. It's important that you mourn as Jesus is talking about mourning in this beatitude. And then we talked about being blessed and we can have soul deep satisfaction when we grant God full authority. See, that's, that's the good news. Blessing is the good news at the end of this. It's not just about being poor in spirit. It's not just about being a uh, mourning. It's not just about being sad. But, but there's something that can happen in the life of someone who embraces these attitudes in their relationship with God. God, God can do something significant and we can find ourselves fully living in his kingdom and in the peace and satisfaction that he grants. So last week we talked about poor in spirit. God, God can use people who are not full of themselves. <laughs> that, that God can fill us when we empty ourselves. And today we're going to talk about mourning. Uh, not mourning like mourning, but crying, weeping, okay? You guys, we're tracking? Okay, I can't tell. You guys are just kind of giving me that, that 8.30 in the morning sermon um, blank stare. There was no late basketball games or football games, right? So we're all good. Everybody got at least eight hours of sleep? Yeah, yeah. Morning. You know, that morning is something, if, if we're honest, we try to avoid it, right? <laughs> We try to avoid mourning and sadness. I've heard the phrase, you know, when, when, when someone's crying, it's like you're trying to put out a fire. You know, you're, you urgently try to move people past mourning. You know, but, but Jesus says mourning leads to blessing. Now, now, when Jesus is talking about mourning, that, that the word that's used here is, is the deepest expression of mourning that you can have. It, it's, it's, not, it's not just a, hey, I'm a little bit sad, or I'm a little bit blue, or I'm a little bit down. This is deep mourning. It's, it's the same expression that would be used when you mourn over a lost loved one. I, I can't think of anything harder to to, to deal with or, or harder to, to accept is the, the loss of someone we loved. And as I look around this room, I see so many of you that, that have went through that. And even in recent days, you've, you've lost loved ones and, you've, and there's that mourning. And that, that's the kind of mourning that Jesus is talking about. You are blessed when you are, when you profoundly and deeply mourn. 
when you're broken, when you're empty, you're blessed. When you're profoundly and deeply sad, when you're broken and deeply sad, you, you can come to this point of soul deep satisfaction where everything is right, even in your poor in spirit and even though you're mourning. You ever been shocked by something? Anybody ever had an electrical shock? I was in an old house one time and I, I got out of the shower and I was a little bit wet and there were two lights and I pulled them at the same time and woke up on the floor. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it, was, it was shocking. We, we had an old TV in our basement for many years when we lived on Milliken in, in, in Butler County and, and so the TV was broken. I was just going to take it out and the, the tube was exposed. Anybody know where I'm going with this? Do you realize those old televisions with those tubes hold a charge? Ouch. I didn't. You know, it was shocking. It was a, it was a surprise. And, 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 and there's a surprise in this. It's just a little bit of shock that that mourning leads to blessing and life and satisfaction. Now, now I think there's some truth to this just generally. When we truly mourn self-destructive behavior, then we can begin life change that leads to a better life. So, so for instance, if you are financially self-destructing, if you're spending more than you bring in on a consistent basis, if you can get to that point in your life where you truly mourn your behavior, then perhaps there can be life change, right? You know, addiction or, or relational issues. I think sometimes we call that hitting bottom. Anybody ever hit bottom? Don't raise your hand. Yeah. But you know what I'm talking about? You know, this ideal that, that, that when we truly get to this point where we say, no more, that's the end then we can sometimes right the ship and turn things around. But Jesus is talking about something more than just mourning. Mourning for the sake of mourning. Um, if it was just about that there was blessing in profound sadness or deep sadness, then the best thing I could do for you this morning was while you were singing I should have went out with a brick and broke all the windshields in your car and slashed all your tires and then you'd have went out and you would have mourned and I could have said you're welcome uh, you're blessed but we intuitively know that Jesus is talking about something more than this that, that it's not about me kicking you in the shins and saying bless you but Jesus is talking about something deeper. And there's a context to this, that there's a connection to this kingdom of heaven. There's this connection with this being poor in spirit. And there's this connection to mourning. That, that Jesus is, is, is bringing these things together. And, and so Jesus is saying, blessed are those who are desperately sorry 
for their own sins. That, that, that when they consider their life and they see the sins that they've committed, there's a desperate sorrow in their life. Alan Nelson wrote a book called Embracing Brokenness, and he says this, Confessing a sin implies a certain sense of truthfulness. That is, calling it what it is. Sometimes we're so scared of offending people, we often find ourselves compromising on the gravity of sins by calling them mistakes, bad judgments, poor choices, oversights, or moral lapses. We gossip and call it a story. A woman becomes pregnant outside of marriage and we call it an accident. The problem is one of surrender. Confession involves seeing or sin the way that God sees it. We can find a solution to a mistake, but only God can forgive a sin. It takes His blood, not our better judgment. See, when Jesus is talking about mourning... And folks can, you know, before someone thinks, oh, well, you know, pastor's point, I'm, we've all sinned, right? Amen. Everyone in this room has sinned. It's a no excuse zone. But mourning is taking ownership. It's being broken before God. And I would say that this is true regardless of where we are in our spiritual maturity. Folks, I think it's important if we sin, we call it what it is and admit before God. <laughs> Say, Pastor, do, do you ever sin? I don't know. God convicts me. And when He convicts me, I say, I'm sorry. <laughs> Let's think in terms of relationship. This, our, our relationship, our situation with God is relational, right? Can I be honest? And I know you guys will be shocked. I have not been perfect in my relationship with Terry. I know, you guys, you're going, oh, surely you are the perfect husband. I'm not. And every once in a while in that relationship probably not far enough I have to say what, what's the word? Sorry. Sorry. Folks, there's time in all of our lives I believe this. There's times in all of our lives if we have to say sorry to a human partner I believe we have to say sorry to the God who is righteous and holy. Do I sin every day in thought and deed? No. But can I be honest enough to tell you that there's times I feel like I've missed the mark where I just need to call it what it is and say, God, I'm sorry. I've sinned against you and I've sinned against others and I want to do better. Now, to me, and you can disagree with me, I believe that's a mark of maturity in my life to own it. That, that, that as I maintain that relationship and that authenticity, it allows God to move in a greater way in me than He could otherwise. See, to confess means to admit and claim ownership. In, in other words, we're, we're saying, God, 
I don't want to stay where I am, but I want to grow in my relationship with you. I want to grow deeper. And I'm not going to rely on the past, but, but Lord, in this moment, I'm going to pull myself closer to you. Blessed are those who are desperately sorry for their sins. But it's more than our personal sins. Blessed are those who are desperately sorry for the sins of the world. You don't have to look too long to see the sins of our world, right? Um, hopefully we're not seeing focus so much on the sins of our neighbors that we don't see the sins in our own life. <laughs> but there are sins in our world, right? There are societal sins. Abortion is a societal sin. You know, God values life. But in the same token, folks, racism <laughs> is a societal sin. You know, to judge people by their skin color is sin. Ugly, homophobic behavior is sin. When we judge people and we're ugly towards them, even if we disagree with a lifestyle, it is sin. Let's call it what it is. See, that's the thing about the body of Christ. You know... I don't want to get all political, but, you know, this Republican and this Democrat, can we be honest that neither of them fully fit who we're supposed to be? Amen. They just don't. You know, there's things the Republican, you know, I'm just going to say, there's things the Republican, you know, their stance on abortion. Man, I'm all over that. That's me. But then the Democrats and the liberals talk about social justice and racism and maybe we don't talk about that enough over here. That's all me too. See, see, God calls us to be desperately sorry for abortion and racism and poverty and injustice and hatred, all of these things, societal sin. And are we doing that? <laughs> Bob Pierce says, let my heart be broken with the things that break the heart of God. I think God I think God watches Fox News in the morning and CNN news whatever you want to watch and I think our God weeps for the state of this world. Paul writes, "What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin so that grace may increase? May it never be. How shall we who died to sin still live in it?" Or you not know that all of us have been baptized into Christ. Jesus have been baptized into His death. Therefore we have been buried with Him through baptism into death so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. God calls us in our mourning to something more. See, sin drives us to our knees. And it's in our knees and in our brokenness before Him that we find healing, that we find comfort. Now, the, the root word for comfort is the same root word used for the word Holy Spirit. And so the word Holy Spirit, sometimes you ever hear the phrase, the paraclete? Anybody ever hear that phrase? It's the same root that that 
mourning and being comforted is in this word paraclete. And as a matter of fact, sometimes in, in, in older days, I guess, I don't think I've heard this phrase recently, you ever hear the Holy Spirit called the comforter? Sing the comforter has come, you know, and some people sing that and think, oh, so I can take a nap. I've got a comforter. No, that's not what we're talking about. The comforter, paraclete, this, this ideal of walking beside us, that as we mourn, it draws God beside us. Psalms 34, 15 uh, through 18 says, The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right. His eye, ears are open to the cries for help. But the Lord turns His face against those who do evil. He will erase their memory from the earth. The Lord hears His people when they call to Him for help. He rescues them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. Uh, you know, all three of my boys have, have played sports. and I, I don't know. Maybe this is a typical dad. Kevin, you, all your boys and girls have played sports. And maybe, maybe this is a dad thing. You know, Terry was more, oh, are they hurt, you know, when they had fall. Uh, I, I was a little bit less of are they hurt. I was more apt to say, get up! You know, Wyatt was a little bit of a prima donna that, you know, you know, it's my tripping me to be on the ground forever. And, you know, some fathers would run out and mothers would run out. And I'd be like, would you just get up? You know, sometimes God's comfort is a pat on the back. And sometimes God's comfort is a kick little, a little bit lower, right? You, you get what I'm saying? You know, I, I think sometimes comfort comes in all sorts of forms. And I think sometimes God needs to motivate us to move in His comfort. See, brokenness leads to true compassion. True compassion creates space for God to be at our side, drawing us into His redemptive plan. See, God's broken for the world. Got a video we're going to play real quick. And uh, just like you to listen to this. Good morning. I'm Bob Seraldi. And we just listened to the words of that lovely song that describes heaven. And it comes from the movie I can only imagine. I saw it for a second time. And after that second time, when I was preparing my Sunday school lesson, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. Holy Spirit said, you know, there's another place that people go. We don't like to talk about it very much. It's not a very pleasant subject. That place is hell. And I went, you're right. And I let it go. But the Holy Spirit wouldn't let it go. He kept bringing it up, kept mentioning it. And over the course of several weeks, hell came up a lot in my mind what it was really like. Holy Spirit said, I want you to take that song, I can only imagine what it would be like in heaven, and write words that I can only imagine what it would be like in hell. And the Holy Spirit essentially took me on a tour of hell in a very descriptive way that we just heard about what it would be like in heaven. What I want you to do is to be prepared to take a tour of what hell is really like. Now, before you run for the exits, 
I am not going to sing this song. That would be worse than licking a skunk. We're going to go through it. I want you to take and hear the words and feel it. And at the end, we're going to come face to face with Jesus. But no words will be spoken. I can only imagine what it would be like with millions and millions of people that live in hell. I can only imagine that total and utterly barren loneliness. I can only imagine what my eyes will see when I face those multitudes of people before me, consumed eternally in an ocean of raging flames. I can only imagine surrounded by swarms of people, some of which I probably will know and love, who no longer have access to God's mercy. What will my heart feel as they dwell in perpetual self-chosen suffering? I can only imagine what I will feel as I witness these people where love of any kind is totally and completely absent, where weeping is constant. Will I fall to my knees as I see that there's no rest for any of them? Where smoke of torment and anguish, misery, despair, and a complete emptiness rises forever in their soul. I can only imagine this place where there is permanent separation from the presence of God, where sorrow is abundant, completely absent of any joy, where laughter does not exist, where there is no pleasing sight, just a black pit of despair. And finally, I can only imagine when I face Jesus, his disappointment in me, as I did nothing to help at least one from not going to this place called hell. It's not a pleasant subject. We kind of avoid it. Another thing is to realize that I was on a bullet train to go to hell. And Terry reached out. God used Terry to reach out to me, and here I am. And Terry, I just have to thank you for that. It doesn't seem enough. But there is a, a person reaching out to another person, and now I have the hope. So wherever this resides in your heart and in your soul, whatever you feel compelled to do, let the Holy Spirit drive you. Thank you for sharing that, Bob. And we appreciate that. So where we go with this? Last week, I was at Chipotle, and uh, I shouldn't have said where. I was at a place not to be named. And um, somebody waited on me, and you know, I you don't have to go into all the details, but the, the, the person that was waiting on me, it, it was obvious there were issues in their life that probably from my perspective would be not good. And uh, don't you hate it when God just messes with you? <laughs> God let me see him like he saw him. And can I be honest? It was completely different from the way I was perceiving. 
See, see, God saw a beloved child that he deeply and dearly loved. I got to tell you, I don't know if I could walk around like that all the time. Because uh, you'd be weeping more than you realized. Can I tell you something? Our God mourns. Our God weeps over broken creation. We sang the reckless love of God and in the midst of that, there, there's a phrase and it, 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 it's, it's when, when you stop and think about it, it's a phrase Jesus uses where what shepherd would leave the 99 in search of the one. And it shows you the heart of our God. The truth is, what shepherd would leave the 99 to search for one? But our God is broken for his world. He said, Pastor, do you, do you really believe in hell? <laughs> yeah, I do. But I think to get there, you have to step over the broken and bruised and crucified body of Jesus Christ. God has done everything he can to rescue you and to rescue me. So have you confessed and repented of your personal sins? When was the last time you wept over your failures and your sins? And can we just name it? If we've become complacent over the lost, it's a sin. It's less than God has in mind for us. Does your mourning move you to action? When was the last time you wept for the soul of another? All heads bowed, all eyes closed. I love you folks. God loves you. You're important in his kingdom. But unless we're broken for others, we'll never be the church. We'll never be the community of faith that God wants us to be. And, and maybe, maybe there's things in your life that years ago you wouldn't have accepted, but now you're kind of tolerating that the Spirit's speaking to you about. I'm going to ask uh, Brian just to put some music on. We're going to give you a few moments. Our altars are available. Uh, may, maybe you want to pray for something in your own life. May, maybe you want to pray for more passion. M maybe there's a lost loved one that you just need to bring to the altar this morning. Uh, Lord, help us just to be obedient to you.